Hey everyone, it's me. Welcome back to this week's episode of my Best Vintage Life podcast. My name is Bridget Morawski, and I'm joined with my co-host Art Bazarkanian. Hello, Art. How are you? I'm wonderful, Bridget. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Just jumping into my normal show notes, my first details here. If you're looking to talk to us via email, whether it be order related, podcast related, just drop a line and say hi. You can send us an email at admin a d m i n at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. Find us on social media. We are on TikTok, Instagram, and Pinterest at mybestvintagelifepodcast. If you would like to rate or review the show, you can do so via the Apple Podcast app or on Podchaser or both, whatever you choose. Rating and reviewing the podcast is just a great way to get the podcast out there to more people. Just like social media, the podcast hosting sites also have algorithms. So the more you like us and the more you give us nice reviews, the better it is and the more likely it is that someone who is in need of a vintage vintage podcast will find one. Um, you'd You'd be shocked at how many people say, I've always been looking for a vintage podcast and I didn't know there was one out there. So help them find us, help them find us. Yes. And uh, don't forget to check out our website, www.mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. You can sign up for our vintage reseller newsletter there. It's basically anybody who has a vintage business. It's a very short, concise email I send out once a month. And you can also check out our wholesale FAQ there. I kindly ask that you look at our wholesale FAQ before you reach out about setting up an appointment or placing an order. I have an obsession at the moment. I forgot we hadn't been doing them. Tell me. Uh, it's just a very simple one. It's just a new year. It's exciting to be in a new year, uh, feeling very motivated and uh, kind of like a fresh slate, clean start. What about you? Any obsession? I also really like this liquid IV stuff. Oh, yes. The hydration fluids. Yeah, I ordered yeah. these uh, packets and I brought some to work. I got watermelon and strawberry. It's like kind of a healthier form of Gatorade. You put it in water and uh, it really hydrates you. Yeah, three times more and faster yeah. as well. The only, my only water. recommendation is I wouldn't do it on a road trip. Yeah. Because uh, it's almost like it's also a diuretic. <laughs> so, I mean, I that one you gave me, I think I went like six times an hour. <laughs> It's insane. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really great for the summer. I think we'll probably offer them to our clients when they're here in the summertime. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I mean, I offer people hand warmers in the winter. Most people turn them down. Huh. Because they, they try to tough it out. And then they, at the yeah. end of the day, I should have got one. <laughs> Just like, you know, when they turn down the treasure chest. Yeah, and then they come back and they come back and they want their makeup. Yeah, (laughs) they want a makeup treasure chest. (laughs) I can't think of anyone who would do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I uh, let's let's get into the topics for the week. Let's get into it. But I do have um, (coughs) I have a makeup burning question from a um, a patron, and then I have another makeup question from a patron, and then we have a new patron. So. Yeah, lots to lots, lots of questions. To burn. And if you want to ask a burning uh, question, hmm. well, I'll tell you in a little bit how you can join our patron program and get to ask our a burning question all on your own via my mouth. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So uh, I'm not touching that. We have three little topics this week, three mini topics. And, three little um, topics sitting in a row. I picked these. I thought that they were 
fun ones kind of, you know, a lot of these come organically via art and I just having conversations in the two weeks between episodes. So uh, the first one I wanted to talk about was using your social media for monetization. I hear a lot of people talking about social media these days, and that's kind of been the way things have been for a long time. But I see a lot of people putting a tremendous amount of time and effort into their social media to the point where I feel like it kind of eclipses the work that they're actually putting into the baseline of their business. And I just want to make sure that people realize that if you're, you know, putting in that much time and effort into something, you have to be getting paid back for it. Now, how, what is paid back? Well, paid back is subjective. I was talking about this with someone, a client of ours, you know, she said, I said to her, you know, you just, you just kind of blew up on TikTok. Um, I wish there was a way you could monetize that. I wish you had a website. And she said, well, people are coming in the store and that's good enough for me. So for her, that's getting paid back. It's yeah, different it for everyone. It doesn't have to be. Um, it, it also depends on what is your goal. I mean, is your right. goal to be famous or is your goal to make money? Is your goal to move inventory So I you suppose have? monetization isn't the, the word for everyone, but like you need, it needs to be rewarding in some way. Yeah. Of reward how okay so you just spent um and honestly i personally don't think people need to spend nearly as long as they do on their social media projects um i mean we've been very successful on tiktok and like how long do i spend on those videos yelling at me or actually doing it yeah i spend more time like re re clipping them because i don't pay attention no it's not that you're just you're learning how a tiktok video flows it's very go. short and choppy yeah but, you know, I'm not like lip syncing or dancing or, you know, Changing putting on a fashion. Clothes. Yeah, jumping and putting on a different outfit. I mean, that, that's all fine. But like, truly, you don't need to spend that much time on these things. But if you are and that's what you want to do, whatever, I can't stop you. But just know that if you're putting that much time and effort into something, you need to be getting something out of it is what I'm saying. I agree with you 100 percent. And that it could be sales. It could be notoriety. It could be connections. Or it could be just the fact that you enjoy it and you do it for your mental health. More power to you. But don't get disappointed that you're not selling things if that's what your yeah, only angle is. Totally. Like yeah. so and, and every business has a different season, just kind of like we have different seasons throughout the year. Sometimes when you're first starting, you're in the season of building a community. And right. you don't have ten thousand followers, five thousand followers, one thousand followers. You're just trying to build up to that. You know, one of the things you talked about on the, mm -hmm. the bonus episode for people, mm -hmm. and I, th I had a chance to actually like, you know, listen in and I chimed in a couple of things and I thought about it is there are so many factors. We were talking about factors that uh, sales are slow, variables that are yeah. slow. Like, honestly, there are so many things right now that deter people from spending money on themselves because it's uncertain times. Like in California here, we're paying 450 a gallon if we stay in local Fresno, but I go to LA, it's four ninety nine. You go into Bay Area, it's five thirty five for a gallon of gas. I mean, realistically, every fill up is an extra thirty to fifty dollars yeah. more. And both of our cars take ninety one. Right. So, um, so the point is, there's a lot of things. I mean, you can have the greatest stuff right now, and you're so don't get depressed if you're not selling as much as you'd like. There's a lot of variables that aren't necessarily in your control. There's a lot of stuff going on out there that is prohibiting people. Yeah. Um, different seasons of your business. So just yep. when you set out to, to build your social media following and to have fun on social media, I want you to think before you start, before you hit post or share, whatever the button may be, 
What is my goal with this video? I don't think you should ever post something to social media just to post something, just to as filler. There needs to be a purpose because it's taking up your time, it's taking away energy. It, you know, it can deplete you. It can be really tiring coming up with content. Yeah, and then if and if your content doesn't get the reaction you want, then you're sad. So don't fall into that trap. No, you know, no, don't let it, don't let it have that much of a hold on you. Exactly. Um, I mean, and TikTok is, if you're on TikTok, it can be very hot and cold. It's very polar. Um, you know, you can have a video. I did a video and it got 25,000 views. And then the next day I did one and it got like 500, you know, I don't let that be, I don't allow that to be like a, a judgment on myself by myself. You know, I don't, I don't think that way. So good. Other people shouldn't either. Right. So just, you know, have a purpose with social media so that if you're putting all that energy into it and being affected mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever it may be, just make sure you're getting something out of it. And honestly, for me, I think if you're in the position where you need a cash injection, you need money, then I think you should strive to make sales. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, but, you know, if that's not the season of business you're in, maybe it's just building a stronger community or um, gaining more followers, whatever it may be. Just have a goal. Have a purpose. Yep. Okay. Anything else you wanted to add to that? Nope. I think we beat that horse pretty okay. good. Better not. Oh, Sorry. Sorry, Hollywood. Oh, I'd like to let everyone know, actually, I'd like to call out (laughs) an achievement. Um, I bought Art a saddle for Christmas and a saddle blanket so that he could ride one of my horses, Hollywood. Hollywood is, um, he's a former roping horse. He's very calm. The wisest, the wisest horse woman at my barn said there's only two other horses at my barn that she would want for herself and Hollywood's one of them, which says a lot to me. It's a huge compliment to him. Uh, As we say in the horse world, he's dead broke, meaning he's, he's very uh, bomb proof, bomb proof, steady Eddie. You know, there's, he's unflappable. Not much ruffles his feathers. And he's a sweetheart, big giant sweetheart. So this past weekend, uh, (coughs) that same woman named Kim. Uh, gave Art a riding lesson, and he rode Hollywood for the first time. Yeah, it was pretty uh, interesting, and I actually ended up getting, like, by, towards the end, a huge rush. I was so excited. I didn't want to come down, but at the beginning, there was a lot of fear, uh, but now that my shoulders healed up, I feel more confident, Yeah. you know. No, I it's told a, Art there, there was no You safer. gain so much respect for anybody who rides, if you, if you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Especially, and I started thinking of all the cowboy movies I watched as a kid mm-hmm. and the stunts and the tricks that they would oh, do. Yeah. And then, you know, there's people who do archery on horseback, which is unreal. Then yeah. there's people who do uh, gymnastics and acrobatics. Vaulting. And, vaulting, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible so, to watch. More props to anybody who overcomes a fear. And that was a fear of mine. I'm a, as Bridget would say, I'm kind of a, not a control freak, but, I'll, you know, I'm a risk reward guy. I always like, okay, what is the potential of risk and what, what am I skiing? And if it's, you know, I always do that with everything, skiing, sports, whatever it is. And, you know, that was like, all right, I could do this. Yeah. And it was cool. But I had two very good teachers, so it made it easy. Yeah. You could not have been in a more safe environment. We were in a small round pen and Kim and I were there to, uh, to raise you up. 
So I just thought that was an uplifting tale to tell everyone. If there's a fear you've been trying to face, Art faced his this past weekend. Six months in the making. Yeah, and I, I myself have been recovering. I had a bad fall. Uh, it'll be four years, and it's funny. The falls when you're older don't feel the same as the falls when you're younger. And I, I wouldn't say I've had PTSD. It's just... Isn't that a Beck song? No. It's been... <laughs> it's been... Uh, it's been a journey for me, you know? Um, so I just thought... I could share that with you guys. If there's a fear you've been trying to face, it doesn't have to be vintage or business related or it could just be anything in life. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Pricing structure. Pricing structure. Yeah. What does that even mean? Well, I've been talking about this with my mentees and it's something that I've noticed throughout my life going into stores. Yeah. Just consistency. So I typically tell people to, what is that? Would you like me to ask you a question? You raised your hand. Yes, teacher, especially with your glasses. I feel like I'm a pupil. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Morowski? Okay. Ask me about my pricing structure at the warehouse. Well, I want, I'm talking more about retail pricing structure. What's the difference? There is a difference. There's no difference. No, 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 no. no. Can, we, can we focus on retail, please? I would just like to say what I want to say first, and then you can talk about the warehouse. <laughs> Fine. We don't have many wholesalers on here. Oh, in the Navy, huh? What? Wholesalers. Oh, wholesalers. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) So what I've been telling people is either stick with the zeros and the fives and the fours and the nines. So if you're going to do a pricing structure, you have your 45, 50, 55, 60, or you have 44, 49, 54, 59. And stick with that for your entire store. Nobody wants to walk into a store and see 15 and then see 18 and then see 49. I just don't like it. I really don't. I don't. So I personally feel that part of, part of building a community and building a store is, is building trust with people and building trust with a customer. And I just feel like when you have a more consistent pricing structure, people, it's almost like subconscious. They know what to expect. I know we had one when I was at Urban. It was always the fours and the nines. Rarely did we ever do an even number. Never. Yeah. Still don't. 44, 49, 54, 59. There's something, I think that there's some um, scientific data to back the like four and nine as well. Uh, It's kind of just like just under Because we were trained as kids in math. Right. Less than, greater than, mm-hmm. you know, when you would round up. So mentally you're rounding down to 40 instead of to 50. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's just, that's my recommendation. What would you like to add to it? Oh, you covered it completely. I'm just saying that wherever, even if you have pop-ups, you don't necessarily need to do, make it easy for your clients. Like if you're, you know, round your numbers, make them even whole numbers. And that way the tax is already included in it just so it's easy. And then you know what to calculate whether it's 30, 40, 50, 60, or uh, I remember a place in, oh, get there, get there, Alabama. It was a thrift store. Everything was eights, and it was, everything was ended in 88, mm-hmm. or whatever it was. And I've uh, seen that. Yeah. And I, I kind of like that, especially if you have, you're the lazy eight vintage shop, you know? Yeah. So you can actually use it to your advantage, just like, dollar does five and below there's a reason i mean those companies spend 
hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, researching, you know, the social impacts, the mental impacts of numbers and how can you get people to come in? Yeah. I mean, and here at the warehouse, we do uh, fives. I do. Well, it depends what it is. Like, you know, that, you know, you made me think twice about it because I don't do just do five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Every now and I then also, you do like 12. Sixes and eights yeah. and twelves. More so with the Japanese because I'm trying to be very cognizant of the fact where the yen is. Uh-huh. So depending on how the yen is strong or weak, I try to help them out. Okay. That's why I do that because everything matters. In a sense, you know, sometimes the yen is strong, so I charge them more. If when the yen is weak, I move down the price. Well, they uh, you're, know I mean, you're beyond fair in your pricing, in my opinion. I mean, I'm sure other people would say differently, but I think you're beyond fair. Yeah. Well, that's why we've been blessed with such wonderful clients based for 15 of, to 20 years. <laughs> yeah, based off of market demand. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's just, that's just my suggestion. I've been telling people, you know, don't feel like you need to run to your store or your website right now and, like, start editing everything. Go forward, set the pattern, sell what you have, the price it is, and then all the new items you're bringing into your store, if you want to start this new pricing structure, do it, go forward. And don't make it such a hassle for yourself. And, uh, you know, ultimately it'll be up to you to decide which one you like best. Yeah. Okay. Ready to get into some patron questions? Sure. Okay. So uh, part of our patron program at the 5 and uh, 25 50 and $100 level is you get to ask Art a burning question. So first we have a, um, a makeup question from our patron, Bronwyn. Her question, she had a very long-winded question, which I kind of turned into our last topic. It was just too much uh, to talk about as a question. So she gave a, She also gave an uh, alternative, and it's for you. It is what percentage of what we acquire gets discarded and at what point? Discarded? Like thrown away? No, just not necessarily thrown away, but it leaves the facility. I don't think that's what discarded means. Discarded means... Well, discarded, yeah, to me would mean thrown away. I'm not quite sure what I she meant by zero. it. I would say zero. I mean, you've seen this place. I mean, there are some things we throw away because it's really disgusting and we don't want to touch yeah, it. Yeah, I would say less than 1%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I try to find use for pretty much everything and anything. Um, unless, like like Bridget said, it's disgusting and gross. Um, anything with, like... So, like sometimes you'll get like in bales you'll get stuff with feces so you gotta just throw that away you know that's why we wear gloves when we're going through stuff I know um, but in terms of I believe everything deserves a second or third chance because depending on what it is there's there's someone out there who's way more creative and way more talented than me that can come up with something for it and so if your price point's right like you could sell it just like we did with all the wool that we didn't sell as actual sweaters this year well we had a wholesale customer who bought the wool by the pound right it's, it's, it didn't matter if it had holes rips a little bit dirty we sold like 10 15 thousand pounds that way so it was a great way to clear up stuff so the denim uh we go through a lot of denim as a lot of you guys know so we've been using legs for pretty much everything you know repurposing and now i've been just on shorts that are just completely destroyed and you can't do anything with, I've been grabbing the pocket flaps because I have a plan in my head making something really cool with the pockets. So. The pocket bags? You know the pockets that are on Levi's? 
Yeah. The actual pockets. Oh. Just okay. saving those flaps. The coin pocket. No. The back pocket. The back pockets. Okay. Yes. Cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah so we don't really throw minimal. Much away. We we don't throw much away, uh, unless something comes in. You know, we've I've actually had to throw away an entire bale because I did not want any of my people or myself to touch it because it was moldy and that is not worth it to me. I am I do not like mold and I don't want it in my place. So I just literally took it with a forklift and put it in a dumpster and said adios and complained to the person saying, What do you send why are you sending me this crap? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, and next we have a makeup question from Brandy. She joined us as a patron uh, some time ago, and now she just joined our new uh, mentor level. Oh, cool. Thank so you, Brandy. Yeah, thank you, Brandy. She's uh, get, just get, getting around to her burning question for you. Um, aside from military and denim, what is your favorite vintage style and or decade and why? Because everybody knows your bread and butter is military and denim. So what else do you like? What I like? Category or an era? I love the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of hard not to like all the colorful, beautiful polyester shirts. Uh, I do like the 80s as well, you know, having gone to high school in the 80s. So anytime I see a pink sweater, it reminds me of the sweaters I wore. <laughs> I wore some funky stuff. I never had a choice uh, in what my mom would buy stuff because she worked at JCPenney. Mm -hmm. So she would just bring stuff. And even because she worked there as a tailor for a long time. And it was absolutely hilarious. Me and my brother, we would trade clothes all the time. So it would look like you had a, two full outfits because he would wear mine, I'd wear his. So it was not a big deal. And there's actually a class picture I have from sixth grade. And his fourth grade picture, we're wearing the same thing because the pictures were taken on different days. And it's like, <laughs> oh, the two Armenian kids wearing the same clothes. Aww. Oh, it's cool. We don't, I don't care. We still give each other clothes. You know, he probably still has at least 40 oh, yeah, or 50. The last time we were down there, he's like, hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man, I got this jacket for you. I'm like, oh, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Just what Art needs, another jacket. No, but it, you don't even wear like jackets. Even at the, like, like, you know, when I would go down for the Rose Bowl, I would in the beginning I would stay with him. And then when my parents moved out there, I would stay with them. But he would always go into my closet and grab my clothes. And I would, as soon as I got over to his, I'd go dig them out and wear them. Oh, there's some funny stories. There's one time he bought, he thought it was mine, but it wasn't mine. It was my one of my girlfriend's father's shirts that I had worn because I had gone swimming there and he gave me a shirt. And so he wears it over to the house and the dad calls him out on it and goes, Hey, isn't that my shirt? And he's like, hey. I was like, yep. <laughs> oh, good okay. times. Good times. So, so I would say seventies and eighties are fun. Uh, I love, I love, what about a category? Of the flares. Yeah. I love those bell bottoms just to pull it off. And, you know, my first really cool movie to watch was after Sunday school. And it was uh, my mom and took me and my brother. And it was Saturday Night Fever. Mm. Oh, man. And then going home and trying <laughs> to do those moves. And so it was a lot of fun. Nice. Those are fun categories for me. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you, Bronwyn. And on to our new patron. Her name is Hannah. Thank you, Hannah. 
Uh, her Instagram is at the patch hunter. So she doesn't sell exclusively vintage, but she uses patches on a lot of the product that she sells. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So at the patch hunter, check out her feed. And uh, she had a question for both of us. Okay. Um, she asked, do art and uh, myself, do you, do you guys collect something specific? Vintage specific? Uh, well, I mean, I for me, I'd have to say um, clothing wise, or at least an accessory, Moschino belts. Um, I have four and I love the rare vintage saying ones. Um, I think right now I have Supercalifragilistic Hesperelli Doso. I have Don't Worry, Be Sexy, and Not for Fashion Victims Only. So I guess I have three. And um, I'm always out looking for, for more. Um, I'm not really into just the plain mosquito ones. I like the saying ones. There's one that's uh, Dove Sta Zaza. It's a, like an Italian pop song. That one I would love to find. So if anybody has any leads or if you find any, I'm down. I'm down to pay whatever you want, so let me know. <laughs> um, I, I collect vintage books. I have a lot of vintage books, um, vintage glass. I, I kind of, when I switched gears from, you know, like a mid-century modern house to more of a 70s house, I kind of sold off most of my ceramics and kind of got more into glass. Uh, I love Murano glass. I have a really beautiful Murano trifold mirror um, in my bedroom. Uh, am I missing anything art that I collect? <laughs> I mean, most of the stuff you collect, you use. Yeah. Now you're very, I'm very practical. Yeah. Which is yeah. nice. Uh, I don't like, <coughs> like, I'm not one of those people that's like, I collect shot glasses. I used to. When I was young. I used to love doing shots and I had like 20 shot glasses. And then I said, what the fuck am I doing? The, the only ones, the only ones I kept were the ones that I bought when I was living in Mexico. So, um, yeah, I think those, that's pretty much it for me. If I think of anything else, I'll shout it out. But yeah. That's cool. What about you? What do you collect? I used to collect gadgets. Yeah, yeah. Besides, I do love gadgets. Um, coins. Oh yeah. I love coins. Just the feel of coins. Like if you ever watched the cartoon Robin Hood and you see the sheriff in Nottingham and just rubbing the coins, that's pretty much me. When a package <laughs> comes in, she'll be like, "Oh, you got that look? Did you get some coins?" I go, "Yeah." <laughs> um, I used to collect Super Bowl shirts. I used to, and f going back, I think my earliest one was like Super Bowl four, and I uh, had them all the way through. And then I think I stopped like around 24 or 25. I don't know if I still have them. I'm sure they're buried in a box someplace. Uh, and then, you know, a lot of times in the mixes, I would get autographed jerseys would come through. So I always kept autograph and still do keep autograph uh, sports jerseys. Um, one but, level, one thing that I do is I have a collection of things that we found in vintage, and I do have a plan for them one day. All so like different letters. oddities, oh, yeah, yeah, photos, letters, and watches. I love watches. Oh yeah, art's a watch guy. So those are the things, and but in terms of clothing, I would say not really because it's just so hard for me to find anything that really fits me, and I don't get too attached to clothing. Yeah, well, you're very yeah. practical with your clothing. I, I collect certain genres of vintage clothing. Um, I, there's genres I like more than others, like um, jackets and coats, which I had to, like, wake myself up on living in Fresno. Um, 
and sweatshirts. I love just a good graphic tees and graphic sweatshirts, but the graphic has to be meaningful to me. You know, I really love that. That's what I love about graphics is like that potential connection there. So true. Yeah. So true. I used to see that at the Rose Bowl when when we would just have like 30 racks, almost two, 3,000 t-shirts out there and someone would find a random shirt and they'd start crying. Yeah, bring you to tears. Yeah, because they were like... I used to go here with my parents when I was little. And she'd be yeah. there from, you know, in L.A. for college. And you're like, wow, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you, Hannah and Brandy and Bronwyn. We really appreciate your patronage. Yeah, great questions. Yes. And if you're interested in becoming a patron of the podcast, what does being a patron mean? Well, being a patron is uh, monetary support. So other than writing a review or giving us a rating, you can become a patron. And um, different people use patron programs in different ways. Some people use it to pay monthly fees, which, you know, the money definitely helps there. Um, equipment updates and, you know, just the fact that art art alone sets the time to aside to do this podcast is, is huge. Um, and the podcast now at this point in time is, is taking me away from a lot of my work duties. It's fun. It's, it's fun. A good break. It's fun, but you know, it's it's a balance, and well, um, yeah. we appreciate your patronage. It it helps. It makes those things easier for us. I know? love when you read me a review. You yeah. know, those I are know. cool. I then you're like, all right, let's do it. So we have um, we have five levels of patronage now. The five dollar level is um, the lowest. And with the $5 level, you get two bonus episodes of the podcast a month. You heard Art mention a bonus episode, so you get access to those. And there's about, I think, almost 20 of them now. Uh, You get a burning question on air for Art, so you get to ask him a question. And you get a shout-out, whether for your own person or for your business or for both. Whatever you want to do, just let me know. So that's the $5 level. The $20 level is a new level we've opened up, and it's strictly for ads. So I don't want to bring normal ads into the podcast. Um, You know, just talking to one of my mentees today, it's like, I don't want to talk about a toothbrush. I'd rather give people uh, with a vintage business the opportunity to advertise at a very low cost. And uh, that means that twice a month on our podcast episodes, you would get your business a shout out 30, 30 to 60 seconds of advertising space and you you would be responsible for the copy. Whatever you want me to say, you let me know and then we'll just add it into the recording. So that's $20 a month and that's strictly just advertising. Or if you'd like me to do it with my... Or voice. Art could do yeah. it. I, I, I used to turns. do voiceover work. <laughs> okay. And then that $25 level is also new. I had to open up um, another level for mentoring because our $50 level was full and still is full. Uh, so the $25 level is text-based um, mentoring. So for $25 a month, you get all the bon- the perks of the $5 level, and you also get to um, join me on the Nudge app, and you get to ask me two burning business questions a month. And um, there are three spots open at the moment. It's open up to five people. I have two people locked in there at the moment. So there's still three spots open if you want to jump on that. Um so far the app has been flawless and working really well i'm very happy with it so once you sign up i'll give you the instructions to download it and away we go 
the $50 level. If you want to get on the wait list for it, you totally can. It's all the perks of the $5 level plus a one hour call with me once a month to discuss your vintage business. Right now, there are no open spots there. So if you'd like to join the wait list, I would do that um, because when someone drops off, it blasts everybody and it's first come first serve. And then the $100 level, all the benefits of the $5 level, all the benefits of the $50 level, and you get an additional uh, audit of your selling platform or website and a free retail math class, a copy of our retail math class. So lots of goodies there and really great if you're a vintage business owner. Uh, The $5 level is great for business owners and resellers or enthusiasts rather. And then the other ones are really great for um, resellers. Did you just drink all my wine? No. You drank your wine and just you're taking mine. No, I just moved them around. It's fine. I'll drink my liquid IV. It's healthier. They just just texted me. Liquid IV? Yeah. What do they want to They want to sponsor the pod? Uh, no, they said, it doesn't hey, al- align with the, it's not cohesive with no, the theme. No, It says you could, you, you could, did you know you could warm it up? Ew. That's what it said. That's gross. Try it hot. What, hot watermelon? No, thank you. That's disgusting. Well, maybe get a different flavor. Mm. Kind of like a, a really hot good strawberry? tasting Theraflu. Ugh, no, no, yeah. no, 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 <coughs> no, thank you. Okay. Yeah. So that is our patron program, and uh, we have one more topic. So this was uh, Bronwyn when she sent me her uh, long-winded question. I just decided to kind of turn it into a topic. She asked a very long question with lots of detail about uh, defining value. Um, you know, how do we define one one category to the next? What's valuable? What's not? Uh, I'm just going to tell you like how I define value and it might be different than everyone else. But for me, I really look at the market demand for an item to me that defines its value. I also look at the kind of like, is it a classic type, you know, is this fleeting or is this long withstanding? Um, if it's a graphic, the graphic for me is super important in terms of value you know, um, those are just some examples. Do you want to throw in some examples? Were you done? Yeah. Oh, not really, but well, go keep no, going. No, 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 no. It no, should be. I need a drink of water. Okay. Well, <laughs> you're on the right track. You know, I think you're actually correct, but there's, to me, there's a little bit more things. I didn't say there wasn't. I wanted you to throw some in. Okay. Supply and demand. How, like that was the number one thing you said, correct? I was going to say, didn't I say that? Didn't you say that? I did. Okay. Market I'm agreeing demand. with you right now. I thought you but, were saying things that but I But it's also about, ah, about supply you, as well. You act like I have a lead foot when I kick you. <laughs> a kick ah. is a kick. Okay. All right. Anyway, it's based on market value, based on, I'm going to make that face again. Make that face again, and you're going to be sweeping the entire parking lot. It's good to be the boss. Yeah. No. Anyway, um, then there's also, can you get that item again? Scarcity. Um, provenance. History of an item. Does it have, you know, does it, do other people want it other than this just niche group of people? <laughs> Keep laughing. What is your problem, lady? Keep making that face. <coughs> Keep laughing. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm done. 
No, keep going. No. Provenance. Sounds like provolone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Meatball. Meatball Manny next to me. Uh, uh, start talking sandwiches and you'll get her going. Yeah, t- say the word here. You want to hear the H word? Hoagie. Oh, baby. See, there she goes. You should see the <laughs> smile and the oh, grin. Oh, baby, baby. She loves her meat. That's nice. Isn't it a meat sandwich? Oh, I mean, I'm not, I don't eat a hoagie without meat. No offense, people that don't eat meat. I'm sorry. But what? I thought a hoagie was just a, like five or six kinds of meat. No, not necessarily. Hmm. What is a hoagie? Well, where I'm from. <laughs> oh. Hoagie is assorted meats. Cheese. How many meats? Lettuce, tomato, onion. People do mayo. I don't eat mayo. Uh, I do an oil and vinegar with some salt, not salt, um, black pepper and oregano. Oh, dang. Yeah. I'll take you to Philly to get you a hoagie. Nah, I don't want to get stabbed. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to lose my Rolex at a wedding. That uh, very, very, uh, that could have happened to you a long time ago in Philly where I go for cheesesteaks. I've been to Philly. I know you have. Yeah, I like Philly. But times are changing. Back back to value. Value. All right. Value is such a... It's subjective. It's incredibly subjective, but there's some consistencies, you know? Well, one of the things she asks is, like, what defines value between, like, the Goodwill bins versus the Goodwill store versus... And she gave me, like, a bunch of categories. So, I mean... I mean, the pricing structure of thrift stores is absurd. There, I mean, there's no rhyme or reason. It all depends on who's pricing that day. And I've been fighting that battle for over 20-something years. Well, I also look at it as, like, to me, it doesn't really, like, if you find it at one thrift store or, like, a different level of a thrift store, it's, like, to me, the value, that doesn't change the value of something. It's just the price that you pay for it is going to be different. Your cost of, your good just went up. And your profit went down a little. (sighs) Oh. That's funny. Yeah. A call. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the, the basic gist of it. I mean, with value, it's just like what I do is I have con- very, very consistent pricing for categories. And then there'll be the occasional oddball within that category. And that's kind of the way it should be. But if s- something like a Led Zeppelin shirt, for example can range anywhere from $50 to $500. Why? Size, desirability, graphic, era. Well, she she brought up geographic areas too. Like, okay, if you're located in this area, you're going to get money for more money for something versus if you're in that area. And it's like... When it comes to ge- geography, you kind of have to say what's the baseline value, and then you can either add or subtract, in my opinion. You know, like, okay, yeah. if I'm in BFE, uh, what, like, okay, I might need to take $20, $30 off that value. But if I'm but in. But you should know your socioeconomic f- status where you're at. I mean, if you're in a high rent district, there's obviously a lot of wealth around you and that are willing to pay it. And it's just. It's basically, it's apples to apples and oranges to oranges, you know? You can't say just because I'm selling a $300 shirt in San Francisco that I'm, I can get 300 in Fresno. 300 in San Francisco is like $50 in Fresno. And that's the reality of it. Yeah. But those people in San Francisco aren't making that extra 250 They're paying a hell of a lot of money to be in those spaces. They have incredible 
insurance they have to have. So they have way more expensive. By the time they're done collecting that money, they're probably at the same net as you. You know, that's the unfortunate thing. A lot of people assume just because you're selling it more in a big city that you're making more, but you're not. You know, always worry about your net. You have to think about your overhead. Exactly. And and there's a lot more risk. There's a lot more dead bodies. Dead bodies. And there's (laughs) also your client find a dead body in front of her store in San Francisco. Prior to opening. Yeah. So was told told to move it and then she can open her store. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Good times. Uh, Yeah. So value. I mean, there's not a right. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer because everybody's going to have a different answer. I think what you need to do with when it comes to defining value for you is you need to have your core beliefs and your core system. And you'll know by the fact that it sells fast or doesn't sell that you're high or low or maybe, you know, test it. Like, you know, you had a great episode. Was it an episode or about testing your price tiers going up 10%, 20%? What was that? Oh, the, the 20% rule. Yeah. Do you remember, was it an episode? It was or was it here. a bonus? No, I don't think it was bonus. I believe it was on here. It yeah. was uh, one of our little mini topics. Yeah, that was yeah. a really good one because yeah. that's how you test. Yeah, I mean. It, and you see what kind of resistance you get. Yeah, if if you're selling something and it's flying off the shelf, sometimes that's a good indicator. Like, eh, maybe I have this a little too cheap. And if something's stuck and well, stuck and stuck, it's like, okay, maybe it's time to mark this down. I, I mean, did have someone recently tell me they don't agree with my method, so... <laughs> Teach his own. Yeah. There's no, there's I'm no just absolute. A joke. I know. I know. I mean, it literally happened in here in the last three weeks. There's been a crazy demand for an item, and I've been more, more than happy to sell it at this price, but I'm getting calls from overseas, domestic, and, and they don't care about size, condition. So that tells me, oh, wait a minute, this is a really hot item. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. I think I'm going to bump it up an extra five or 10 bucks. No resistance whatsoever. Next person's like, how many do you have? I want it all. So I bumped it up another five. So, you know, you kind of got to be smart because if you can't replace it, you need to capitalize on it. Yeah. So value. Yeah. And those are uh, U.S. white snow pants, by the way. Military. Military. It's a very bizarre thing. You know, the ones that we were doing the puffin bill in, the yes. orange ones, but just white, going crazy in Japan, going crazy in Europe. I don't know how anybody can fit in those. They come in all sizes. I've tried them on. I, they're like massive well, They're oversized. Well, no, I know the extra, they are, have you ever like, tried the extra small? I don't know. I don't think so. I didn't even know if there was one. Yeah. Okay. So remember, those, they was, those were worn over uniforms. Right. I understand. Snow that. camo. Yes. To hide them in the snow. Obviously. But we've yeah. overdyed some. <laughs> I know. Thank you for that. You work here. Thanks for the recap. Okay. Um, I it's don't know. It's kind of nice looking at you with your glasses on. It's interesting. It's like I'm talking with a new host. Oh, like a I'm a new I'm the uh, like a surprise surprise guest yeah. host. <laughs> My cat eye glasses. Yeah. I hope that was a a good answer for value. I don't know. That's just how I look at it. It's I, too I honestly, broad. I'm just going to say it's broad. You got to get specific with pricing. And over time, you just get good with it. You just you just know. Sometimes some people are lucky to just, you almost just know. 
It's just kind of with style and trends. Some people just have this weird spidey sixth sense, not sixth sense, but like, I don't know how to describe it. My brother's amazing with that. I I mean, we've gotten into such, I'm like, what do you, I would be like, what are you thinking? No one's going to pay that for it. And he sells it for more than he said, just to prove a point to me. You've done that with me too, though. You're like, oh, you're crazy. And then you see what I get for something and you're like, what? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you almost have to. You have to have like your pulse on what's going on. That's yeah. like one of my best. That's pieces not me. Of advice. I'm just. No, I'm not. just moving stuff. You're a businessman. Yeah. And you know, I think the the pulse part of it is a little. It's just not a connected to you. That's all. I'm, because I I'm not on social that's media. Why you have I don't me. watch TV. Exactly. You know I don't I don't do that. I watch soccer. And your brother needs a you. Hmm. There you go. He's you needs me. <laughs> what? No, he's, he's not. You know what he needs? David Spade. He needs David Spade. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all I have for right now. Is there anything else you want to add, Art? Nope. No? You sure? I'm sure. Okay. Well, my friends, in the meantime, stay safe, stay sane, stay healthy, be kind, and don't be basic. Don't be basic. Bye.